from here to there. We cannot go unless we change and start to grow. Welcome to Lead, Sell, Grow, a show that helps you amplify your leadership, grow your sales, and take your life to the next level, all while being human. Here are your hosts, Eric Konovalov and Harry Spate. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Podcast. We're so lucky to have you guys here with us today and just blessed, blessed, blessed to have you as our listeners. If you have not done so yet, definitely make sure to go to Facebook, join the Lead, Sell, Grow, the Human Experience Tribe Facebook community so we can actually connect with you and chat with you and and, and build that relationship because that's what it's all about. And also, starting with the last episode, last week's episode, we started actually recording the videos and putting them out on LinkedIn and the Lead, Sell, Grow uh, Human Experience podcast, kind of, uh, I guess that's a business page on LinkedIn. So if you want to watch this interview instead of listening it, uh, listening to it on iTunes or wherever you may be listening, check us out over there or on YouTube. And I'm going to hand it over to my awesome, amazing co-host, Harry Spade, because we got some positive conversations coming your way with an amazing guest. So Harry, why don't you introduce our guest? All right, great, good deal. So today we have Christopher Wirth and he is the author and founder of a book and tribe called The Positivity Tribe. He is well known, he is rated as a top, uh, excuse me, top podcaster. Uh, And that podcast you may wanna listen to is called No Quit Living. So Chris is one who is definitely uh, looking at the positive side of life. He's not uh, caught up in the nonsense of social media, but he's always looking to develop some great relationships and keeping things positive. And we're hoping we can do the same here today. We hope we're worthy, ladies and gentlemen. So welcome to the show, Christopher Worth. I appreciate it. That's a, that's a lot, of, uh, lot of praise to live up to. So hopefully I can, uh, I can do that, but I appreciate the opportunity and uh, I'm really excited to be here today. All right, it's great. So can you tell us a little bit about what this Positivity Tribe is all about? Because we love positivity here on the Lead, Sell, Grow podcast. Yeah, we love it, tribes. <laughs> we all love tribes. We're, you know, we're all directly and indirectly uh, in a bunch of different tribes, which is always interesting. That's a, another topic. But it, it started during the pandemic, actually, back in March of 2020. I was writing actually a different first book with our good friend, Dominic, and mm-hmm. I joined and co-founded a men's mastermind that we have not missed a Tuesday from when the pandemic started up through now. We've not missed a single Tuesday, and we coined ourselves the Positivity Tribe, this group, and it's grown, uh, in, and it's a couple of people have dropped off, but the whole premise why we started this group was two of my good friends and I, we just said, hey, let's let's get together a bunch of like-minded men and just spread some positivity during these, these crazy times. So unlike traditional masterminds, let's call it, where there's a, an agenda or there's a you know list or a, a bullet point of what you should follow or how you should follow it, we really didn't have a structure in the sense of we had to do this or had to do that. The only thing we quote unquote had to do was just be like-minded and, and be willing to spread some positivity, encourage each other during these crazy times. And lo and behold, I went ahead and, and wrote the Positivity Tribe. It's a fable very similar to 
uh, John Gordon style, if you're familiar with some of his writing and the whole premise behind that book and actually why it was, was founded and started was my company, we've been spreading these positivity notes all throughout the United States and in six different countries. And what we started doing was we started putting these under windshield wipers locally here in Connecticut, New York. And what we didn't realize at the time was they very much so resemble a parking ticket, which is not <laughs> a, bunch, a bunch of people have said, well, you know, did you, did you think about that? And I said, honestly, no. Um, on a side note, we've actually put a bunch of positivity notes either in front of or next to actual parking tickets when people have received parking tickets. And we try to make the message something uplifting, like, hey, you know, we see that you got a parking ticket. Hopefully this will, you know, make that sting a little bit less. And the cool thing about the whole perspective, what we do is people start reaching out to us. Hey, where do we get these notes? How can I get them? How much do they cost? And they don't cost anybody anything. All we need is your name and address and we send them to you. And if you can see on the notes, the top and the bottom are pre-filled out. The middle part is blank. And we just either pre-fill them out with messages or we send them blank depending on who wants them. And we've had teams, churches, different schools, different companies that have said, hey, could you send them to us blank? Because we want to do our own messages. And that's when it hit me. And I said, this is not about me. This is about everybody else. And we're over 17,000 notes now. And I want to emphasize that we part because yes, I've spread a bunch locally here, but we're in almost all 50 states. And like I said, six different countries. So there's no 17,000 if there wasn't for a lot of we's along the way, because like I said, I've spread a bunch myself, but there've been some amazing people that have helped spread it. And I think you said something about social media before, and, and I believe, and if people don't fully understand the, how the algorithms work on social media, they 100% work. It's what you like, comment on. It's what you share. It's what you, you know, continue to click on. So if you're just sharing and spreading the negativity, you're going to see more negativity. If you're seeing anti this person or I hate that, you know, sports team or, you know, that's what you're going to see. So think about the other perspective of that is, is if you're looking to spread positivity or a specific message or get more of those type of things in your feed, you need to comment on them. You need to like those things as opposed to the others. But I think long, long story short, there's, there's just so many amazing people that are putting uplifting content out there. And the question is, you know, what are you searching for? What are you seeing? And if you, if you're that person that you're saying, as you're listening to this or watching this, well, all I see is just the negativity and, you know, the nonstop anti this, you got to take a hard look in the mirror because that's, that's what you're commenting on. That's what you're liking. And, you know, the algorithms do work. That is amazing. You know, so basically uh, you're, you're getting what you asked for. No, hundred percent. And, and here's the science behind it. Every single one of us can say, well, wait a second. I remember clicking on a Nike ad and then I looked at a pair of sneakers. And then for the next day or two, I saw those exact sneakers a couple of times and other Nike sneakers so think about that for a second. Why is it because you clicked on it? You went, maybe went a couple pages into it. Maybe you even looked at what size they had, but you ultimately didn't purchase it, but you left that footprint. And now all of a sudden over the next few days, and it's the same thing with, with what you're looking for. So it, you, you know, you laughed, Harry, you smiled, but it's the truth is if you're seeing some of the stuff that you don't want, but on the other side of the coins, if you're seeing the stuff that you really do want, then you know, you're clicking on the type of stuff that you want to see more often. Chris, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> uh, 
we have out we got an hour or two hours or no i i would like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i would describe myself as somebody who always looks for the bright side and what i mean by that is i think it's always interesting because so many people will hit you back with well are you the type of guy that every sees everything as perfect and everything is positive. And my answer to that always is no, you know, I have my difficult times. I went through, you know, a very difficult divorce myself and, and with looking at and trying to find the best in people and situations is it doesn't mean you ignore those difficult days or those difficult mornings, but what it means is you approach them, you acknowledge them, but you then continue to move forward or attack them with a positive mindset. And I think that's something where, people miss the boat on when it comes to being positive and a positive mindset. It's not, it's not this positive Pollyanna where everything's wonderful and, you know, it's snowing 12 inches out and you're like, Oh, it's great. You know, I can't, I can't go to my meeting and that's wonderful. No, it's saying, okay, how do I make the best out of this? And how do I approach this with the most positive attitude or mindset? Why is that important? And why do you think so many people lack doing that? You know, that's, that's a fantastic question. And I, I, I think it is so important because the reality is we all get knocked down in life. I don't care how much money you have in your bank account. I don't care how athletically gifted you are. We all get knocked down. That's not, that's not a question. I don't know anybody in life that I've read, that I've followed, that I know personally that just has had the perfect, you know, one straight line of just amazingness after amazing times. It's what did I learned from this. What did I what did I accomplish from this? What did I achieve during this journey? And I think it's, it's important, but I don't know why we always focus on, on the negatives. We always look for, and we all know people that when they walk in the room, you kind of, you know, you, your eyes, you know, and, and you put your shoulders down because you know, no matter what, something's going to be wrong. It's too hot. It's too cold. You know, this political issue is happening. You still have to wear a mask. You still have to do this. And, and we all know the other side of that coin is the people that walk into the room. And as soon as we see them, our eyes light up. We stand up a little straighter. And we know that no matter what they're encountering that day, they're going to have a smile on their face. They're going to look you in the eye and say good morning. And for me, I want to surround myself with more of those people than, than the first. And it, again, it doesn't mean that we ignore the challenges of life. It doesn't mean that we're blinded by everything being wonderful, but it's still acknowledging all those and saying, you know what, today's going to be a difficult day, but I'm going to tackle with a smile on my face. I'm still going to look people in the eyes. I'm going to say good morning. I'm going to say good afternoon. And no matter what happens tonight, when I put my head on the pillow, I'm going to give my best effort today. So have you always been this positive? No, I, I don't think I've always been this positive. I think it's, it's changed over time. And I think Unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of my challenges in life have really made me refocus my mindset, my approach. And I think the question that we all ask and can ask ourselves is, is did something happen to us or did it happen for us? And I think when you can change that, that tune and realize that although this was difficult or this was unbelievably challenging, maybe it did happen to me for a reason. And am I going to learn from this? Am I going to grow from this? Or am I going to be talking about this two years, four years, five years from now? And we all know people, and I'm sure we can joke, but, you know, being our age, and, and when I say our age, it's, it's I'm not putting Mine in your age, not Harry's, right? Yeah, I'm old. Yeah. Um, but we, we all know people. <laughs> Stay that, positive, Harry. <laughs> I'm positively we, old. 
Hey, I was about to say, you, you, you know more now by being older, but we all know people that talk about their high school days and their middle school days, 20, 30, 40 years later. And I'm not saying those aren't important, but you, know, you can't live you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. You got to learn from them, grow, still acknowledge them, but move forward and say, okay, you know, I want to attack now. And, and you, know, you can look at something in, in one of two ways, you know, that the glass is either always half empty or the glass is half full. And for me, I don't think I always looked at it half full, especially when I was younger, but now each and every day, I, I, I promise you, I always try to try to find the good and look for that, that glass that's half full. Can I ask? Yeah. So, I mean, I love the, the story here about, you know, how you change. I feel like a lot of us change from being less than positive. Maybe we had some inklings of positivity, but there are things that brought us through life where we became much different than where we were. Is there any one thing that stands out to you where you said, you know, I'm going to start looking at things differently, or is this gradually over time, would you say? I'd say it's, it's a little bit of both, but the one thing that, that really stood out to me a few years ago is the people that I was surrounding myself with. I ask a question on, on my podcast geared towards Jim Rohn's favorite, famous quote, you are the average five yeah. people. I was thinking of that before you even brought up his name. You spend the most time yeah. with and And what I realized was, and I'm not in any way, shape or form suggesting anybody go through their phone and be like, all right, this person's dead to me. I'm not you know, longer his or her friend. But what I realized is when it goes to the idea of controlling the controllables, I can't control what Harry's going to say. I can't control what Eric's going to say. I can't control what somebody's going to do or not do. But what I can control is, am I going to spend three hours of my time with that person? Am I going to get on the phone with them and listen to them just spew out you know, negativity and why it's too hot or too cold or it's too rainy or too sunny? And, and what I realized is I took a temperature of my surroundings and I said, I want to spend more time with the people that bring me up and inspire me and challenge me. I want to spend less time with the people that are always complaining and always looking at the, the glass is half empty. And, and it's difficult because in some ways you have to be willing to not go out to dinner or drinks or things with certain people. And not because in any way, shape or form that I look at any of my friends or any people in my, in my surroundings said, I'm better than that person. But I said, you know, this person's always talking about anti this or anti that. And it's totally okay for people to have different opinions but if someone's only going to be attacking something and just always putting out that negativity, I want to spend less time with them because it doesn't make you feel good. And, and I think that's the thing that people realize. And, and I don't think maybe in some ways they don't realize it enough is when you surround yourself with positive, uplifting people, you feel better about yourself. That's a fact. There's been science behind it. There's been studies. When on the other hand, when you surround yourself with negative people that are always talking about how this is bad and that's bad, you don't feel good you end up feeling the same way they're talking about. And, and that's something that's important. And, and it goes both ways in the sense of if you're bringing somebody down, you know, it's on them, but it's also on you. And you got to ask yourself, am I bringing my friends or my circle down? Am I keeping them status quo? Maybe I'm uplifting them. Maybe I'm inspiring them. So maybe Harry, you, you and I are friends and you said, Hey, Chris, you know, I was thinking about starting a podcast. I'm not really sure. You know what, Harry, I, I think you should try. You know, I know a bunch of people that have started them. You know, I, I'd love to help you or encourage you. Maybe I can in, introduce a guest or two, but, but I think you should give it a chance. You never know what's going to happen as opposed to the other person who, well, you know, Harry, you don't really know a lot about podcasting and, you know, you didn't study it in school and, you know, 
why don't, why don't you just see how the rest of the year goes? And, and, and that's, those are the people that they're not bad people. It's just, you know, spending a little bit less with those less time with those people and more time with people that are really bringing you up. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, Eric, what do you think? I mean, I was trying to talk Harry out of doing a podcast forever and (laughs) you didn't listen. No, No, this is awesome. Um, Chris, I feel like we just kind of jumped into it and I, you know, I think it was Zig Ziglar who in one of his speeches kind of explained why people stay negative. It's because they can tell you what's going on with them and then they can go and tell somebody else and all these people start feeling kind of, you know, bad for them. And they become like, I know somebody very close to me who still lives with the trauma that happened when this person was young. Right. And no matter what, no matter what, it's always like, well, my mom did this and my mom did that. My mom is this and my mom is that. It doesn't serve her. But the question I have is if she lets that go, she now has to change who she is because that's somewhere deep down inside is her identity. This person who's went through this trauma. And a lot of people don't want to let go of who they are because they don't know. And my belief, because that's the unknown on the other side. And nobody's going to feel sorry for them and they can't be the victim anymore. And ha- like majority of America wants to be victims, it seems like. Well, if you just pay attention to the news. So on one hand, it's positive, right? And positive to me means I'm in control of my destiny. I'm going to, I'm not going to talk about what happened because that really doesn't matter. I'm just going to figure out, well, what options do I have? What's the best one? I'm just going to move forward and that's staying positive but I have to let go of it. Nobody feels sorry for me. And, and that dopamine hit where, where someone's like, Oh, are you okay? You know, right. How Here's do you get shift? Yeah. Hug. Like nobody wants to hug me when I'm on a roll. You know what I mean? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm done. I'm happy. I'm excited, but no one feels bad for me. And I, I right. kind of want somebody to you miss the hugs. Time to time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you know, it's Zig, Zig Ziglar was, was an amazing gentleman and, and, I think he was so far ahead of his time in so many ways, but, but talking about your, your friend in particular of not letting go of something, I, I use the word ownership. And what I mean by that is taking ownership of what's happened in the past. And it doesn't mean you forget about it. It doesn't mean you just snap your fingers and the pain's gone, but it gets to a point where you have to say, there's only one way to move forward. And, and the analogy I use, and, and maybe it's not a, a perfect analogy, but it works is if you go to the gym and you pick up two 40 pound dumbbells, you're holding one in each hand. You can walk around the gym for a minute or two, very easily holding them. You know, you there, it's not going to be simple, but it's, it's easy to hold them. You can walk around, maybe even go over and have a 20, 20, 30 second conversation with somebody. But then if I said to you, okay, now, now Eric, I want you to go over to the treadmill and I want you to put it on you know, five miles an hour. And I want you to hold those dumbbells for the next 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very difficult. Now, maybe you could do it. You'd be, you know, I can definitely do it, (laughs) but Harry can't, I can. He's a powerhouse. (laughs) I'm a powerhouse. I'll do pencils. I'll do the, I'll hold the pen. But, but now (laughs) if you walk for a minute or two, but then if you put them down, you could turn that, that knob up to six, six and a half, seven miles an hour and you would feel so much more free. And, and the reason I use that analogy is because people have always, people often pick things up, whether it's gym, kids, you know, whatever it is. But 
you can't continue to move forward and you can't fully move forward if you're holding on to something in the past. And most of those past experiences are not those positive experiences because we always want to hold on to those positive experiences, those positive memories. But it's those negative ones or those painful ones that you have to take ownership to and say, this happened. I can't go back a year, two years, five years ago. I can own my part in it, but I need to acknowledge it and move forward. And, and to your point, Eric, you bring up a really good point is people want people to feel sorry for them. They want people to ask, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, I know you lost a parent or a loved one two years ago. Are you doing okay? And it doesn't mean that you don't care about that person. It doesn't mean that you don't care about them wanting to be happy or successful. But it goes back to what I said before is it's okay to have those memories, but but it's it's so negative if you just continue to hold on to them because it doesn't matter what you do, if you're still holding on to them, you're limiting your success in some way or another. And I think that's so powerful and it's so freeing when you can take some of those ne negative experiences. And for some people, it's putting them in a certain box and just leaving them there. It's not ignoring them, but you're saying, you know what? I can't deal with you every single day moving forward. I'm going to put you in this box and I'm going to move forward. Maybe that person goes back a year, two years ago and you know, they say, hey, I want to reopen that box. But but it's it's until you put that down, you can't ever move forward or move as far as you can when you're holding on to baggage from the past. I love that. For the record, I cannot hold on to 40 pound dumbbells and get on the treadmill of 5.0 uh, <laughs> speed and probably go even 30 seconds. Just just for the record. And I was trying to be funny there. Um, Chris, that's that's really cool. So I don't want to dwell on the negatives, right? You mentioned you went through a terrible divorce. There are some people here who might be listening that probably lost a job, lost their business through COVID, maybe lost a loved one, maybe going through a divorce. When they're down, it's hard. It's really hard to, to be positive when your whole life seems to be going downhill. So are there one or two kind of go-to techniques or things that you would recommend people do to to get out of that hole and get out of the dark. Yeah, that, that's a, that's, that's so true. And, and I think you would ask a question prior to, to us recording and, and my objective, anytime I do any interview podcast, video in-person event is to connect with somebody, to inspire somebody, to give somebody a piece of advice or a suggestion, because I've had so many amazing people do that to me. And if anybody's going through or experiencing what you just said, the one thing that, that changed my life, especially not only, during my divorce, but after is the concept and the attitude of gratitude. And what I mean by that very simple is I'm an old school guy. I have a pen and my, my notebook with me always. But what I started doing is I started writing down things and people that I was grateful for. So it didn't change the fact that I was going through a difficult divorce. Me writing a name or two or something didn't all of a sudden like snap the finger and then everything's amazing, but it made everything a little bit better. It made those really difficult times, those really dark days, a little bit lighter, a little bit less difficult. And I would challenge anybody that that fits into any of those categories is grab a pen, not not your phone, not a tablet, but grab an old school pen, whether you have a notebook, a journal or just a a piece of paper and write something down that you're grateful for. Write a memory of somebody. So if you lost a loved one, I'm not saying just, you know ignore that up. But instead of just focusing on that loss, maybe grab a pen and, and write down your most favorite two memories with that person. 
or the two best experiences you had with that person. And when you change your mind into thinking always negative, 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 and now you're, you're inputting in these positive thoughts and these gratitude, you can't be negative and express gratitude at the exact same time. You know, it's, it's like the famous quote, the man who chases two hares catches neither. And per your comment before, being a competitive guy, I was saying, well, you know what? I'm going to catch both of them at the same time. I just got to be quicker than them, and I got to grab them. The reality is obviously you can't, but it's the same thing with, with negativity and with gratitude. It, it doesn't change anything instantaneously, but it's impossible to, to be super negative and super grateful at the same time. It just, it just doesn't work. And, and I think that's the one suggestion I would say. And the other thing to go along with that, with that question you asked is I started writing a bunch of things down and not from a, I want to be very clear, not from a dear diary or, or any of those, but just writing ideas down. And I use that technique with my, with my clients all the time. Some of them actually save them and put them in their journals or notebooks, but some people also utilize what I call very, very uh, complicated here, the throwaway method, where you basically write something down, whether it's a bad thought, a negative thought, a painful uh, experience, and instead of keeping it, having it there, you either rip it up and throw it out. Some of my clients actually light, light them on fire, but it's the, it's the science of taking it in your brain, in your mind, putting it on paper, and then throwing it out and saying, okay, I'm moving forward from this. And, and for some people, they need to do the same exercise with the same idea or the same thought, you know, for days, for a couple of weeks. And then for others, it, it just happens, you know, within one or two times where the fact that they got it out of their head, got it on a piece of paper and said, you know, I'm going to move forward. But then the flip side of that too, was with the same thing with gratitude. If you're continually writing down things and people that you're grateful for two hours later, four hours later, something that you that you wrote down subconsciously is going to come back in your mind. And even if you're sitting in traffic, for example, and you, you want to, you know, blow your horn or yell at the one person in front of you, because it's clearly the one person's fault in front of you, not the, you know, 400 in front of him or her, but that one person. But then all of a sudden, before you do that, subconsciously, you think about something else you're grateful for, you know, well, I have a new car, you know, I have an air conditioner, I can listen to XM radio or podcasts. And I think once you start doing that, it really changes your mindset, not from being, again, Pollyanna positivity where everything's perfect, but on a scale of one to 10, 10 being super negative, if it takes you down to an eight or a seven or a six, it really does have an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The um, question I have for you, Chris, and thank you for sharing that. I mean, I can think of a lady like laying on a horn because I pulled out in front of her one time and I lost it. I mean, that horn made me jump out of my skin and I became the dark side of Harry. And, you know, when I look back at, I mean, I actually pulled over, stuck, got out of my car and apologized to the person because she pulled over and she wanted to scream at me. And I said, look, this is not who I am, right? <laughs> you, you caught me at a bad moment, but it's just the horn. I mean, if that person had a gun and was not a woman, they probably would have shot me. Because, I mean, those things just evolve into things you don't want them to be. And I probably won't do that again. But, you know, the point is that horn can just wreck a person's day. And we don't think of it because we're honking at a car, but we're not honking at a young mother with kids in a car, or taking her kid to the doctors. We're honking at a car. And so that one scene, I look back at two 
horns in my life. One, I honked at a young mother with three kids in the back seat going into a church parking lot. And I followed her into a church parking lot a mile down the road. And I got I walked over to her. And I said, that was me. Totally apologize. And then, you know, 30 years later, I'm getting out of my car again. <laughs> I mean, it's the horn is just, it's, you know, knowing what it's like, it just sets people off in a bad you know, a bad mood for the rest of the day and the stuff that remembers. And we really shouldn't, I mean, it's just not a great thing to do to people, honestly. Is, but, you know, is the yeah, question so you're going kind of to ask, is the question you're going to ask me if I've, if I've ever honked the horn and yeah. So I guess I was going to say is that, uh, you know, it, it all sounds great, but what's the reality, right? You know, that you just gave a, a perfect analogy and, and I'm going to, say with 99.99% guarantee anybody and everybody listening to this, to this podcast or watching it has not only been honked at, but they've also honked at other people and they've regretted it after. And, and the reason I say it is, is that's the reality of if you're driving in front of me here and you cut or not cut me off, maybe you don't let me in to, to the entrance ramp and I honk and the reality is, and as you said, what's the reality is we all, we've all done that in some way, shape or form, whether someone takes a parking space, whether, and when you do that, you feel better for that millisecond. And it's like, ah, I just honked at Harry. But then right after that, I'm still behind you. You're still in front of you, in front of me, excuse me. And nothing changed in that sense. So the reality is, as you're going throughout your day and those things happen, we all have a choice. Do I respond or react in a positive fashion or do I take two seconds and say, okay, is it that big of a deal that Harry didn't let me in on this, on this entrance ramp? Is my life going to change? Yes. I will be at my office or my meeting 0.04 seconds later. And I think that's a perfect example because that happens to us in all different, all different forms throughout the day. I'm going into the gym in the morning or I'm walking out of the gym and I see somebody coming and they're 14 feet away. Would it really kill me if I wait four seconds and hold the door open for them? Would it really kill me as you're walking in and giving your scan in the morning instead of doing what most people do is just hand, hand the thing or show them and walk by. Would it really kill me to say, Hey, good morning. Or how you doing? And I think those are the things that we have choices every single day, how I respond and react to this. And what we don't know, and, and you, you brought up a really interesting point, Harry, about following that woman in and apologizing is when you impact somebody and we can impact strangers, best friends, coworkers in a positive or negative fashion. And let's say I impact you in a really positive way by holding the door open and waiting for you to come in and saying good morning for you to you. Now you might do the same thing to four other people, right? Now you might do that to a loved one. You might do it at work. And, and what we don't know is what is the positive compound effect of that? But the other side of the coin is interesting is I scream at you. I give you the middle finger. Now it turns you into just, you know, you then get short with the woman or guy at Starbucks. You mm -hmm. know, the person doesn't hold the door open and you, mur you, know, you mutter something under your breath. And now all of a sudden that negative interaction you had with me led to three or four or five other negative interactions. And that's what people don't realize is, so you, so you honk at that woman in the front of you and she's got three young kids 
Now she gets mad or upset. She yells at her three young kids. She takes it out on her three young kids. She takes it out on her husband when she gets home. And, and that's why I always challenge people is think about that brief moment. Is it really the end of the world that somebody didn't let you in? Is it really the end of the world that you wait four seconds to hold the door open? But the other thing too is, and I, and I find myself, and you guys will probably agree with this, is when someone doesn't hold the door open for you or doesn't say good morning to you or doesn't even acknowledge you, you look at you, you know, there's part of you that wants to say, all right, wise guy, like have a great day. But what is the positive that's going to come out from that? Nothing positive is going to come. So it's again, asking yourself, you know, and, and you said it, you said it very good before is you don't know what somebody's dealing with. So maybe that person doesn't hold a door open and maybe they just found out that, you know, their husband or wife, you know, just found out that they had cancer. So the last thing they're thinking about is looking me in the eye and saying, Hey, good morning, buddy. How you doing? And that's the one thing I always, I always challenge people is we never know what somebody's going through. They could have had the most amazing day yesterday and didn't sleep all night because, you know, they're so excited or they could have disastrous news, lost a job, lost a loved one. And it's just that extra second of, you know what, maybe this person's going through something. Maybe, you know, I can give them a pass today. And it's not that big of a deal that they didn't say good morning. You know, it's not that big of a deal that, that they didn't let me in in traffic. And, and instead of me responding in the same way to them or somebody else, the next time I can let somebody in, I'm going to say, you know what? I remember when that person didn't let me in, didn't feel too great. I'm going to let this guy, this girl in. Yeah, that reminds me of um, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits mm-hmm. and the story he tells of the dad on a train with his kids just being unruly and a passenger going off on him and the dad saying, you know, hey, I'm so sorry. They just lost their mother and I don't know what to do. Right. Yeah. It, that, and, and that is such a powerful story. But the reality is if you look at where we've been in the last 18 months, that's probably been more common now than ever. Mm-hmm. Not that we didn't have challenging times, but we've never as, as a country, as a world ever been through a pandemic like this. And I think that's, that's the story we should take from this, not the woe is me perspective, but you never know what somebody's going through and it's not going to kill you to say hello to them, to look them in the eye, to smile at them. And, and I think especially now with masks going, going away and things like that, you know, smiles and looking somebody in the eye, you know, it's almost like you see somebody and you're like, oh, that, he does have a mouth. Like, wow, like <laughs> all I saw was this little, this little eye slit for the last, you know, 12 months. And, and I always challenge people is, is what's one thing you could do today for somebody else with zero expectations in return, just 100% for them. And, and it's really something simple. I was holding the door open, saying hello, looking somebody in the eye, saying good morning when you're leaving an office or, you know, just say, thank, Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. And I try to teach that to my three kids all the time. And, and it's something simple to do, but it's also simple to forget. Very simple to forget. Well, you've done, a, you've done a lot for us and our listeners today. And just, just remembering, you know, just to be intentionally positive, it just takes a little bit of intention waking up right now. What are you grateful for? By the way, as you were saying that, Chris, this is, how this whole thing started this podcast like me and harry he just reminded me of this last week and i'm like holy shit i didn't realize that when the pandemic started i kind of had a similar thought except for i didn't go as far as creating a mastermind group which sounds like an amazing idea but i said you know what for 30 days i'm going to do a gratitude challenge and every day i want if you're listening here's a challenge take a video of yourself and for 30 days 
post one thing you're grateful for, share it on LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever. Harry's the only person, there were some that did like one or two days, but Harry's the only guy that did it for 30 consecutive days. That's awesome. And we reconnected. Well, I did it and he did it. So we ended up being just the two. And then out of that, we just started talking more. And here we are in a podcast. <laughs> and nope. that's how Lead, Sell, Grow came about. You know, I'll, I'll share one quick story. A good friend of mine who has a company called Spread Love Movement. He, uh, his name is Justin Court. He's actually part of my Tuesday Tuesday evening mastermind. I had never met him until last summer. And the beginning of last summer, I want to say it was April or May, he started doing a, um, one video every day and a story on his Instagram of something or somebody that he was grateful for. And he posted it and a bunch of us on our Tuesday night group, we, we reshared a bunch of things, but in our group text, we were talking about it. And when I was with him, I think he was at like a hundred and when I, we had dinner the first time, a hundred and something days, and he ended up going over a year straight. And it was so cool because some of the things were very big, like his fiance and they had moved um, down to Florida for a while. And, and those are very big, but then there were like just some really small things. Like one day he shared a video that he was grateful for me because I brought him on my, he was the, I was, he was on my podcast. It was his first ever and like little things like that, but it's what happens when you focus on them. And I think that the fact that the two of you did that is awesome because it's something that we all should do. So to echo your challenge, if you're having a tough time right now, this is you know going to the summer and things are not back to normal in your life or business yet, begin just challenge yourself to, and, and maybe it's not a video, maybe you don't want to put it out in the public, but write it down in a journal and notebook, one, one thing or one person every single day and see if you can do it consistently for an entire 30 days, because I guarantee you, and you guys can probably echo this at the end, there's no way you're not going to feel better about yourself and, and your situation. It doesn't mean that everything's amazing and perfect, but there's no way that you won't feel better once you get through those 30 days. Yeah, totally right. Totally right. It's just building that muscle to look for something positive in anything in every it might be it might be as good as, hey, I'm so grateful I woke up this morning. Just that little bit that we usually take for granted. Um, Chris. Hey, man, this was such a pleasure to meet you. You got a new fan over here. I'm going to check out your podcast. I really didn't know uh, about you before we had you on, but just having you around, man, that energy lifted me up and <laughs> I love it. And uh, Harry's smiling. So thanks a lot. You've added so much value to us today. Really appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Where can people find you, Chris? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Instagram, it's no underscore quit underscore living or the positivity tribe on Instagram. Um, I always give my personal email address because I love connecting with people. It's Chris at noquitliving.com. Again, I love connecting with people and the website is noquitliving.com or the positivity tribe.com. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can connect um, with somebody. I'm hoping you, the three of us can stay in touch, but I, I just want to echo what I said again before is, is begin a, a gratitude challenge for yourself. Don't do it for, for Harry, don't do it for Eric, don't do it for me, do it for yourself. And even if you tell nobody about it, I guarantee you'll feel better. It's a great way to conclude, sir. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. No quit living. Yep. 
No underscore quit. From here to there, you're gonna grow because you've listened to our show. If you like our podcast vibe, don't be a stranger. Hit subscribe. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to join the B2B Sales Secrets Facebook group and we'll see you on the next episode.